0: You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. This is Matt Gunn here today with Brian Nella, live from CSCMP's Global Annual Conference here in Kissimmee, Florida. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Matt. Okay, so we are going to talk about a few things that have been in the news lately, but that's on the top of minds of a lot of the executives and professionals here that are focused on supply chain every day. Now, we've seen in the headlines a few things concentrated in South Korea right now. Samsung, the Galaxy Note 7 recall of a million phones after several of them had caught on fire and there was a manufacturing flaw found somewhere for some of those devices. We've seen Hanjin, South Korea's largest shipper, go bankrupt. And in the weeks since making that announcement, trying to sort out what's going to happen next, ships stuck outside of ports, goods that are just simply lost at the moment in the supply chain. I mean, they're still there, but until those ports allow those ships in or until that cargo is moved to other ships, it's not getting there. But there's another one that we've seen this morning while at CSCMP, this is September 27th when we're recording this. Brian, do you wanna talk about that one?
1: Yeah, so today in the news we are hearing about Hyundai where there's been a worker strike, about 50,000 workers, and it's going to have a direct impact on production and on business. You know, This is at a manufacturing hub that accounts for 40% of their total global output last year. So this single-day strike yesterday impacts 7,200 cars that they won't be able to produce. And if the strike goes on for a full week, we're talking about $1.3 billion lost in total exports between now and the end of the week for Hyundai. So a huge impact. And as you called out, Matt, another example of supply chain risk that's out there in different forms, You know, whether you're talking about Hanjin, a major trading partner that goes bankrupt, or if you're having product recalls or a supplier quality or compliance-related issue. Or in this example, you have a, a labor strike that can impact business. So, you know, one of those lessons that we're in, kind of one of those reoccurring themes that we're taking out of this event this year at, at CSCMP is the idea of, of looking holistically at risk because it comes in many forms and many formats, and it could be trade policies coming up after the incoming U.S. election. And I think that's a it's a lesson that we're
0: starting to learn and, and that the industry is picking up on. Absolutely. Yeah. There's this idea that risk and the things that happen, you're never going to be able to control because your suppliers run their own businesses. Your employees have their own priorities a lot of times. And sometimes global challenges arise that simply you either don't expect or that you aren't prepared for. So there's financial risk, there's human risk, there's the big black swan event that we hear about when there's a hurricane or a massive storm or a fire in one of your major factories. You know, you don't know if they're going to happen and you really can never predict when. So what are some of the advanced moves that companies, as they prepare to deal with, as they get their supply chain oriented in a way That a single failure doesn't wreck the whole thing, and I think that's the key there. But like you said,
1: you can't plan for it, you know. And that single point of failure can have a crippling effect. And and just like when we heard yesterday from Scott Kelly, former U.S. astronaut and U.S. Navy pilot, who actually spent that full year up in space at the International Space Station, and he gave the story where they were up there for months with a limited supply of food and tools and resources, and this shipment coming up with all of their backup materials falls into the Pacific Ocean, and now what? You know, a single point of failure, and it's a crippling impact. And I think the key there, like you said, it's in how you how you design your supply network, right? To avoid those single points of failure, avoid over exposure to risk, whether it be trading partner risk, whether it be capital risk, whether it be to a specific region if a natural disaster hits, and that's easier said than done. But it's the way that you set up that network, the way that you connect it and allow it to collaborate,
0: that can really have, uh, have an impact in terms of mitigating risk. That's right. And when you're on the space station, for instance, there's only so much inventory you can hold, so to speak. Inventory being food and water and essential supplies that keep the thing running and keep you breathing in space where it's not a very friendly environment to human beings. Now, back on planet Earth, There's only so much inventory that you can hold in one place at one time. With a company like an automaker, like Hyundai, a lot of the cars that they're producing now are probably for the next model year. What they're using to compete against Ford and GM and Toyota and all the other big-name car manufacturers out there who, at the moment, don't have a big disruption in their supply chain. So there's that other side of risk, too, if you aren't producing and if you do run out of inventory... People are going to go somewhere else
1: exactly so there 's an impact on your brand there 's an impact on on your customers, depending what industry you 're in and you know it 's a challenge I, I think the the companies that actually win in these scenarios are those who grasp the opportunity, whether it be with hand going under those who could quickly identify here are my goods at risk here 's my exposure and then here are the other goods or parts or inventory or products that are already in production elsewhere in my supply network. If I can identify those and then understand my customer orders at risk with priority customers, I can make moves like expediting goods from a different region directly to those customers. You know, if I'm in auto company and my production's knocked offline, you know, if I can make a shift or pivot and identify what other goods or parts are available elsewhere, you know, I can make a move and mitigate some of that risk or at least lessen some of the
0: impact of a huge bottleneck or, or stoppage at one of my plants. Well, that's something good that you key in on. And I think it's something that's accepted by a lot of people in supply chain is that when something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world, but it can be a big problem the space station example that you use, they survived it. They made it through that loss of supply by maybe eating a little bit less food or drinking a little less water, rationing, so to speak. For these companies, they know that there is going to be a tomorrow, but when you do lose opportunity in the supply chain or when you aren't producing at the levels that you had forecasted and that are expected of you, you're going to have to make some sacrifices somewhere. The ability to make advanced moves in the network, it would seem, really at least make sure that the customers that are the most valuable to you are getting what they want.
1: Exactly. And, you know, there was a great example that we heard from Dow Chemical not too long ago, right? When one of the major storms that hit the southeast of uh, of the U.S. here not too long ago, and they knew it was going to be wiping out a lot of movement of goods, a lot of the resources, and what they were able to do was identify things like the rail cars that are in danger's way, that are in the path of this incoming hurricane, and then make adjustments, right? So it's agile moves like that that separate, I think, the leaders from the laggards here. You know, they're able to proactively say, okay, here's where we're at risk, and here are the moves that we can make to navigate around it and ensure that our customers get their orders and get what's expected.
0: You're absolutely right. It's not the end of the world. And those that do have a network behind them that can make the advanced moves, they can see the impact down the road and quickly make adjustments. Those are the ones that are going to be winners in the supply chain of the future. Yep. Agreed. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. This has been an episode of Supply Chain Radio, live from CSCMP in Florida. Thanks for listening.